Because without that little plea, I don't know, is a prayer a plea, John? I mean, we're... Both. <laughs> I mean, you know, St. Anthony, you know. Yes. You know, full uh, well, full disclosure, we usually say yeah. a little few words. John says a few words to St. Anthony mm-hmm. just to uh, give yeah. us the strength, the words. I'm going to say energy. that right now. Let's do it. And Don't show him too much. To, to evoke. This is our secret weapon. Any deity, the deity of your choice, you very clearly, succinctly, and energetically, you say their name. Of course, you know this from the movies. You say it three times. Dear St. Anthony of Padua. Dear St. Anthony of Padua. Dear St. Anthony of Padua. Here are most solemn, sincere prayer. Give us the energy, the smarts, the wherewithal, the words to make a great production for the Jersey Alchemist, which ultimately is nudging humanity closer to God's river of love and light. Mm. Amen. John, that was beautiful. I've been praying for smarts for a long time, and it doesn't seem to be working. So let's do a countdown. Let's do it. And then we'll jump right into it. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to the Jersey Alchemist. This is the next edition, and I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. Yay. What's up, pal? I'll tell uh, you, go ahead. That, that prayer was really, it's motivating now. To me, yeah, that's like, you know, before a big playoff hockey game or any sporting thing, they say that they sing the national anthem. That prayer, that little prayer yeah. that you say to St. Anthony of Padua, that's our national anthem. Unless you're Lady Gaga. Then she says, I swear to Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and she's a Jersey gal. Unfortunately. 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 Come on, clean your act up. Yeah. How you go doing? Talk, go talk to Bob Dylan. He'll set you straight. Oh, yeah, another one. Yeah. How you doing today, pal? I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Listen, summer, June's rolling around uh, New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, 4th of July. Remember as kids... Oh, boy. How slow, I mean, the summer went. It was that big gap from Memorial Day to 4th of July, and then a bigger gap from 4th of July to Labor Day. You're like, oh, school's 100 miles away. 100 no miles way. away. Now. Out of sight, out of mind. And you blink and forget about it. The weeks, the days, June's well, almost I, over. I'm going to say something here that's unbelievable. A, um, that a grandmother of a patient of mine said to me, kind of off the cuff, I had operated on a baby, and this is like the two-week turnaround follow-up office visit. Everything had gone great. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mom was in with the baby, and the grandma was sitting on that extra chair in the corner. And we were chit-chatting, you know, after, you know, we made it clear, you know, we looked at the everything looked terrific. And it was the beginning of the summer, And I said something like, well, you know, it's hot, you know, and it's time to put the winter clothes surely away, you know, yada, yada. And she says, you know, she says, I got to tell you, she goes, a long time ago, somebody said to me at the beginning, actually in the spring, that as soon as the 4th of July comes around, as soon as you blink your eyes after the 4th of July, once it comes and goes, it's Thanksgiving. She says, mark my words, now that I've said that to you, it's like a curse. She goes, I'm sorry for cursing you. She laughed at me. Unbelievable. That was about seven or eight years ago. And now I say it all the time that, you know, once that the blustery March and April weather comes and goes and we're May into June and here's, you know, 
Memorial Day has come and gone. You're right. That segment between Memorial Day Parade and the 4th of July really seemed like almost endless forever. And then the 4th of July was just a wowzer for kids. And then the summer really seemed like the rest of July seemed endless. August was, wow, it was. And, you know, as a kid, we would go down the shore, either to Point Pleasant or Wildwood or Lavalette or something like that. Now, now, as soon as the 4th of July comes and goes, bingo, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. The leaves are coming down. It's November. You know, it's sweater with a with a, a windbreaker over the sweater or the sh- sweatshirt, and then your, your winter clothes are out again. And now you're looking at whether you got rock salt for the stairs in the driveway. Oh. Get, make sure you got your shovels on hand. It's that fast. Yeah, yeah. The slowest months of the year, January, February, the Ides of March. <laughs> I mean, it's March. like wind blowing. It's yeah. dark. Yeah. You know, you where everything's buttoned up to here. You know, you, everybody's miserable. Nobody's smiling. It is a little bit weird. Of course, that's been happening forever and ever. Amen. That. In the winter time, it's dark at like 4:30, 4:45 p.m. It's dark, it's you know. Yeah, it is, you know. And you sometimes you're seeing the lights of the school bus, the headlights of the school bus, and you're like, oh, that's the that's the late bus, and but it's 4:30, and you know, it's it's dark out, and so it's kind of crazy to think that we're gonna go until. I'm still able to see all the way down my street now at almost 9:30 p.m. Wow. Yeah. Do we sound like two old men? We're already complaining about the winter, and it's June. Ah, uh, the winter will be here well, sooner you, or later. But you can't complain about stuff like this if you're a youngin, because yeah. you haven't, in your skin, in this lifetime, you haven't experienced it enough to complain about it. Mm. Or to say, oh, oh, I love when it gets dark at 4.30. I love it. Uh, are you one of those old-timers? I mean, listen, let's, at our age, it's not really old, old-timers. But remember those old timers? Uh, it's going to rain tomorrow because they their bones would start hurting. And no, uh, that's our producer. Oh, uh, the producer, really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, she well, she's very young. Yeah. In case she's listening. Well, she's in her forties. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Well, you're on, you're in dangerous territory. Well, well I said I just gave a spread. Okay. I gave a ten year spread. Okay. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, remember, remember, you know, the old movies, the old black and whites, Ma and Pa Kettle, or you know, the, most people watching would not have any idea who that was. Yeah. But even cartoons, if somebody was sitting there on a rocking chair with a pipe in their mouth, and above them on a shelf or on the mantelpiece was yeah. a jug with triple X's on it, three yeah. X's, yeah. right? Moonshine. And that was moonshine. That was yeah. all. Uh, my rheumatism gets me. You know, don't get my jug. My medicine. You know, basically, I, they, they got inebriated to yeah. kill the pain. Grandma, you need your medicine? Go fetch me my medicine there, people, son. People still get inebriated to yeah, kill the pain yeah. every single day. Every minute of every day. You just don't need a, a an old clay jug probably yeah. giving you lead poisoning yeah. up on your shelf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John, you know, there's that, that term, aging gracefully. Mm. Would you say you're aging gracefully? Like and what's wrong with aging gracefully? Well, nothing, nothing at all. I think that's the that's the along those lines. That's probably the goal. But you know, I don't I don't think people look in the days of uh, Saint Francis of Assisi. I think he was born in uh, 1181, 
and died in like 1226. Mm. And, I, you know, who knows? They said he took ill and they took him to some shelter or cave or something, his his Franciscan followers. And he, you know, he, he died over several days. He just died. They didn't know why. Who, who the hell knows? Maybe he had appendicitis. Maybe he had pneumonia. But he was 45 or 46. And we mentioned it the other day that that uh, St. Anthony of Padua, that we started this episode evoking St. Anthony, he was 35 when he died. Wow. Look at St. Teresa wow. de Lisieux, the little flower, a little French gal. She was 20. Wow. I think she died of, um, you know, overwhelming tuberculosis. I mean, what a terrible yeah. way to go. Those people didn't have a chance to, no. to age gracefully. But John, why are so many people afraid of aging? What, what do they fear? Everybody, you know, everybody ages. Everybody gets older. You know, why are people running to plastic surgeons? Why are people, you know, oh, yeah. I have to pull my face back and tighten my face and, you know, lift this and suck that out. And, Listen, you know? here, I, got, I have a story for everything. A long time ago, when I was a surgery resident, I think I was second year resident, so maybe that was 1990 or 91. Uh, I was doing rounds, and uh, we ran into one of the non-surgical subspecialists. I think he was, I think he was a pulmonologist or something. And everybody knew the guy. And we stopped and we chit-chatted, you know. And and he uh, maybe he offered us a little comedic relief because we were all kind of bedraggled. That's the usual state of affairs for a surgery team rounding. You're bedraggled, and uh, he started talking about money and plastic surgery and his wife. And he goes, yeah, he goes, my effing wife. He goes, she's going to she's gonna just, you know, run me out of house and home here. And, and, we, and we were like, okay, like, you know, really? Like, what happened? He goes, you know, my wife's gorgeous, but she wants her eyebrows and her eyelids changed. And we're thinking, okay, we've been in and out of the OR with plastic surgeons. We kind of know how that surgery goes. He goes... Fucking $20,000 for a coronal flap. And we were all aghast. We were like, a coronal flap? Like, just because she looked in the mirror and had this in her psyche, that she wanted you the little... She underwent a fucking coronal flap. Now, what is a coronal flap? Coronal flap is, of course, they've got to shave a swath of your scalp from ear to ear over the top kind of like in a bucket handle fashion, shave that because the incision goes all the way down to your skull from one ear across the top over over to the other ear. Wow. And then they take freers and periosteal elevators. That means you, you take that membrane that's directly adherent to the bone. Once, truth be told, once you get it up off the bone, you can stick your finger in there and go... And it just comes right down off the bone. And you pull the person's frontal scalp all the way down over their face. That's the flap. This is the coronal distribution, the coronal um, orientation, right, mm. to, the, to the anatomic man, right? Mm. And you pull it all the way down so that, you know, you look like bones. This way you can manipulate the soft tissue from from where it begins, from how it's attached to the bone. And then they 
stick your face and your your frontal scalp back on and then they sew it in place and you would think that they would leave a drain in there in case fluid built up but what is that supposed to do like just pull it tighter yeah you can well i'm not a plastic surgeon you know i've seen a few of them but the, the fact that somebody would would undergo that um just to change a little bit uh, just to make they think it's going to make them feel better about themselves that's what it's all about it's all about psychology and so because you're dealing to me because you're dealing with the psychology of discontent the psychology of disconsent disconsent discontent and and somehow body dysmorphism that's that's a big thing throw that in there you will Pony up 20 grand cash, and this was back in 1990 or 91, yeah. right? That's a lot of bread. Wow. A lot of bread to, to change your head. <laughs> I know uh, somebody that went for full body liposuction surgery. All full right? body. Full body, like legs, butt, waist. And well, they can only take so many grams a time. Otherwise, they're putting your life in danger. Uh, it yeah. seems like there's a lot of butchers out there, maybe. And, of course, they came back and they were, you know, had all this loose skin. They were definitely thinner. But a year and a half later, guess what? They put all the weight back and they had to go again. Like, yeah. how about eating a carrot and walking around the block a couple times? How about that? Well, it's, right? funny, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I saw there's a lot of, lot of charlatans on um, those Instagram and Facebook shorties that are selling all sorts of shit you need this and you need that come on right but here's this here's this guy one percent body fat ripped you know standing in front of the camera in his kitchen in a a g-string who does that right (laughs) i guess i guess his his director said no 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 take it all off you know we gotta shock people here they gotta see what you're made of and he said something and I'll be damned, the guy was right. He stunned me. He says, fad diets don't work. Intermittent fasting may or may not be for you. It can help. He says, but the combination, he goes, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. The combination of intermittent fasting, so you go into ketosis, and walking, you will lose your gut. You will lose body fat. It'll just fly off of you. It'll take a couple of months, but you're not taking a drug. Mm. You're not having surgery. You're not undergoing the risk. You'll be healthier all around. And to be honest with you, in 2018 to 19 cusp, no matter what was happening during my day, I put in 10,000 steps in, in every 24 hours. Wow. And I could count on about 3,500 of those at work just by, you know, going all the way up to the NICU, all the way down to the ER, all the way to this where, to that where, to the OR, back up, doing a consult, going to the administrative offices. 3,500 per se or so steps would go go by. And then if I got out when it was early enough, I would do another 4,000 steps at a local park. And now I'm somewhere around seven, eight, nine thousand steps. And if I were short, even a thousand steps. You know what I would do? I would turn the TV on when I was home and I would do the big circle in my, it wasn't a real big circle. I'd go, I'd go kitchen, dining room, study, family room, 
kitchen, dining room, study, family room. I would do a figure of eights. I would do circles. I would do squares. I would do stars. And then when the explosion went off on my cell phone, yay, and the fireworks and the confetti. I hit 10,000 steps. Then I'd sit my ass down. But I, I had no gut. I had no gut. It worked. So I got I to gotta get back into that. Yeah, I do. Walking. But, but, the last, but the last four or five years, it's been tough on everybody. Yeah, no joke. I had somebody uh, working under me, a lovely young lady, uh, in her mid-30s. Uh, she was portly, okay? She was from Brazil. And oh, she, she I said, thought you were going to say she was from Portland. No, 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 no. And, and she said she has to have surgery. I'm like, because she wasn't going to come into work. I'm like, well, what's the matter? She goes, oh, I have to have surgery for my heart. Okay, so I'm thinking like, oh, well, you, you are. I didn't say it, but I'm thinking, well, you are overweight, but, you know, cute. I mean, yeah. not obese, but right, definitely but, chubby. Okay. I said, okay, how long are you going to be gone for? She goes, I think like three or four weeks. And I'm like, wow. Okay, heart surgery, but you know, you're going to Brazil. That's the only place I can afford it. I don't think she had insurance here. Mm. I said, listen, I wish you the best. We had a little party for her. So she comes back a month later. You know, somebody walks past me. I didn't even recognize her. The surgery for her heart was that she went for liposuction and she took the fat that they took from her midsection and they put it here and they put it back here. So. And obviously it worked. And I, well, but she said it was for her heart. In other words, she was too heavy. She was blowing smoke at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, to stay young or to look a different way, she went yeah. to Brazil for plastic surgery. So these people go to plastic surgery like you go for an annual checkup. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that, statistically, this is not something that I've confabulated. Uh, Brazil, big, 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 huge, huge. Um, Plastic. Plastic surgery oh, yeah. uh, users. I don't want to say abusers, but users. And, you know, I've seen a bunch of before and after pictures on the Internet. And I got to tell you, you know, if Brazilian, I've never been to Brazil. I know you have. I've but if Brazilian time. women are anything like the women in Caracas, Venezuela, because I spent my time in Caracas. Um, not going to tell you why, but I did. Um, they're beautiful. They're oh. beautiful. Nobody needs plastic surgery, but the before and after pictures were like, wow, to it's holy weird. smokes. It's like, what the hell? And American women generally don't do that to themselves. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. You know, your body, your choice. But if you're going to do the old your body, your choice, let it be across the board. Don't be selective. Otherwise, then you're a fucking hypocrite. And there's nothing that gets me more pissed off than fucking hypocrites. So if it's your body, your choice, and you want to go have an abortion, or you want to have total body contouring, God bless. Do what you want to do with your body. That's it. And you'll have to answer to the creator afterwards, not to me. But don't fucking tell me or mine that I have to have a boing boing because it makes you feel fucking better when the whole thing's a hoax anyway. Interesting. You know, John, it all, the plastic surgery, it all goes back to what we were saying before about the fear of aging. I mean, why not that's just... That's where we started, right? That's where we started. I mean, why why, why are you so afraid of what's happening? I, I get it. Nobody's like they were when they're 20, 30, 40 at our age, you know? I'm not like I was at 50. But 
you know what? Age gracefully. Be the best you can be. Exercise, nutrition, right? I mean, whatever. Yeah. It, it's it's been happening for since the beginning of time. Yeah, but you know, I tell you what. It, it really it's a problem. It's a problem of a certain segment of the population, a certain cohort, right? It's it's those people that have flesh. Now look at Bones here, right? Wow. Bones doesn't worry about aging. No. Although I would. I never really had to talk with you, Bones, but a long time ago, right around the same era of running into the into the uh, doctor whose wife had a coronal flap, I worked with a bunch of really great trauma orthopedic surgeons at a trauma center in South Jersey. And he made a statement one day, because I was, I think, in my mid-30s at the time, and he says, yeah, he goes, boy, he goes, when it comes to bones, he goes, all of us here are fossils. He goes, we're dinosaurs. He goes, kids bounce, their bones bend before they break, not us. And he was probably late 40s at the time, and I was in my 30s. And, you know, and so, yeah, you can, you can undergo osteoporosis. And he, he's been bugging us to do commercials for osteoporosis for a long time. Well, and maybe we'll have to eventually day. get to that. But... Yeah, you know, that certain segment of the population that has to deal with flesh, we're the ones that worry about the baggy eyelids, the gut, the, the love handles, all of that crap. You know, I, I don't know. You know what? If I guess if I could live, I'd be happy if I could live into my 90s and not be a burden on anybody. Amen. And if I have uh, Louis Vuitton and Gucci's under my eyes, so be it. So be it. That's my point, John. Accept what the good Lord, the vehicle he's given you. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, listen, have you seen pictures of Clint Eastwood lately? No. He looks he looks like him and Bones could pass as twins. Really? Now, you're talking about one of the best-looking leading men in Hollywood back in the 70s, correct? And 80s. <laughs> yeah, Great-looking guy. Long yeah. time ago. So if it's going to break bad for Clint Eastwood, what's it? The chances of it's going to stay good for the average Joes out here. Well, maybe somebody convinced them because of underlying conditions that, you know, there's a couple of people I can think of that were told, you know, reverse your coronary artery disease. Now, the general population is generally not told that you can reverse coronary artery disease. That's when your, your arteries that feed your heart muscle are kind of clogged, right? Mm -hmm. That's what gives you a heart attack, and some heart attacks are just outright on the spot fatal. But there are a couple of people who were that three-letter F word, and with with regard to food and what they ate, they were kind of piggish. Al Sharpton was one. Mm. Now he looks like Bones. Bill Clinton was one, and he sometimes ends up looking like Bones. And they these people were told, you know what, you got coronary artery disease, wasn't Clinton had coronary bypass at Columbia, didn't he? Did, didn't Dr. Oz so. operate on him or one of Dr. Really? Oz's part? I think so. I but the point was he was kind of a portly, chubby guy who was known to be pigging out at fast food places. And look, a lot of people can get away with that and not have a problem, but apparently not those two. So they were fed the information that if you really want to reverse your coronary artery disease, you see, it's the elites, the elites that have endless money. They have billions and billions of dollars in power. These people, their agenda is to never die because 
they're life here, is good. They're here in the third dimension in service to themselves and not to others. Mm. And uh, and they, I, honestly, I like to get a little bit spiritual slash biblical about it. And um, this is their only gig. This is their only gig. There's nothing good waiting for them after they caroke. Mm. Caroke. So this is their final spirit, their final Well, this is, this is, their, this is their playground. This is their playground, and you know, uh, honestly, who knows if that's the truth, but when things really get ugly and things get infuriating and we know we're being messed with by the world global elite, uh, I'll go with that notion. I'll go with that notion because I was told by a very, very powerful shaman, psychic, and medium, and healer that um, certain people on this planet own the third dimension and no matter what they're here in service to themselves because there's quote no tomorrow like the song there's no tomorrow right there's no tomorrow for them there's a big 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 reward tomorrow for the rest of us that are here in service to others but for them they have to make their heaven here in the third dimension this is why they will beg borrow cheat steal, murder, manipulate, cause wars, to grab all of the, the money that they can out of this third dimension from you, even if it means the destruction and demise of your family, right? They'll do that to you because there's no tomorrow for them. And so they go for it. But there is no tomorrow for them. I actually believe that. I believe it too as well. You know, John, it's interesting. People that have... I don't know if you would consider it a win. People that have the financial capabilities to enjoy life, uh, they're somewhat healthy, whatever, but they really push the limits. They drink, they smoke, yeah. they stay up late. I mean, they, they party. Not that I'm anti-party or any of those things, but, you know, you've won the game, you know? Yeah. You're financially stable. Your family's good. Don't you want as many days on the planet as you can get? Well, don't you think something is driving what I would call their psychopathy? Psychopathy means they have a pathologic psychiatric issue going on. That's is it, psychopathy. Is it unhappiness? They're unhappy and they're well, looking for things. There's a monster that's chasing them. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, people have anger issues. I, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that, you know, if I let it get the best of me, I have anger issues because my... Look, my life isn't yours. Mm. And people don't understand when I go, you know, I've been fucked with and screwed and crushed and manipulated and cheated and, and robbed all my life every step of the way. Well, yeah, when are you about me? Well, that's because you haven't been. If you were, you'd sit down and say, hey, let's go have a coffee. Let's go have a drink, a couple of beers, and let's talk about it because, man, you're right. I've experienced the same thing. So, which opens up another doorway, another segue to, to the issue of, you know, merely observing something in this universe changes the object that's being observed. That's a fact. Scientists have proven that. And you can see the, you can see the, the results of that on the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, the, the, the slit molecule, molecular, you know, films. Just observing an entity, a molecule, an atom, 
changes what you're looking at. So that means that we can change our world. And the world that we see as the truth is our truth. But the other people who are looking at it from a different uh, vantage point see it a different way. Thus, we have right-wingers, and we have leftists, and we have some people that cluster around the center. And it's very interesting to think of it that way. Wow. Just saying. Wow. Yeah, I, there was a point there, but I can't remember. John, tying it all together, we started this talking about aging and aging gracefully and why people fight the aging process when all they really have to do is just maintain a certain lifestyle. You know, and then they don't know that. Excuse me? They don't know it. They don't know it. And people like that, you could tell them that, but for some reason, it just goes right over their head. Yeah. They refuse to change their lifestyle. Instead, they'd rather go for the, the, the plastic surgery, the quick fix, take a diet pill, yeah. do something that could really be harmful to them. So okay. is it society today just wants shortcuts? Typically, nobody wants to put the work in. Well, I think I think the West, that's the hallmark of, of the West, you yeah. know, whether it's Europe or, or Australia, Canada, you know, the, well, I don't, I can't include South America or even Central America, mm. but it's going to have to be certain parts of Mexico all through the United States up, up to, uh, you know, the Arctic Circle, excluding the Inuit population, because I know them well. I used to work with them and on them. Mm. Um, everybody in the West wants everything yesterday and they want it just the way they want it. And I, I think I think that we've been kind of led down that merry path. I really do. I don't think it's something that's in our genetics. I just think that we've been led down that merry path and to that. And I think I'm gonna tell y'all something and you're not gonna like it. Oh you're not gonna like it. Everybody, mm, We'll stay, we'll stay in the center. We're not going to go right-wing, leftist, or liberal, or conservative. We're going to stay around the central hub. There are people who, if you're in a discourse with them, will try to shut you down because they'll say, the science is settled. No, 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 no. The only, time, the only people who really, really believe that the science is settled are the people who are completely fucking brainwashed. The science, my friends, is never settled. And here's what you're not gonna like. The science is often a lie. If there's a big consequence to the results of a study, you can bet your ass that that study was designed and carried out materials and methods all the way through the, the data and then the, um, the conclusions it's been, it's been bastardized. And I have personally seen people do that. And I'll remind you all, because I've said it on another episode, when I attended a, um, an extended weekend workshop at the University of Chicago for scientific research, one of the two hour lectures was titled, what to do when you're seeing falsification of data in the lab? So it's so prevalent that they had to actually add that two-hour lecture to the, to the four-day workshop. Otherwise, nobody would have thought to add a, a two-hour lecture about that. 
And you know something? I, all you got to do, all you got to do is read the research about cholesterol. You want to be thoroughly confused? Read the research on cholesterol. It's like a sine wave. It goes up, it goes down. It goes up, it goes down. Cholesterol is the evil one. Oh, no, cholesterol's not the evil one. It's this kind of cholesterol. Oh, no, it's really not that kind of cholesterol. You need cholesterol, but it's got to be a good cholesterol. And now you have to measure the density of the cholesterol and the size of the particles. There are people now, including the famed Dr. Stephen Gundry, the guy you can't get away from on the Internet, you know, the guy that was the head of cardiac surgery at Loma Linda, who pioneered all of these different wonderful things he did in his career. And he wrote many, many books. He's all over the Internet now. God bless him, making money. But he'll say, cholesterol's not your, not your enemy. And he'll tell you that ketosis is where it's at. He'll even tell you things that you did not expect, you know, like drinking olive oil. But 20 years ago, people, physicians would have said, you're, de you're, you're out of your mind drinking olive oil or putting butter, putting grass-fed organic butter in your coffee in the morning. But that's what a lot of people are saying now. And I know a lot of contemporary cardiologists think that that's all daft. Well, if anybody has the truth, put it down in the comments because I've been a physician since 1990 and I really couldn't tell you the truth. And if I had a test in front of me, you know, a, a multiple choice exam, and I had to answer those questions about cholesterol, I would say the answers could only be given, uh, only be answered correctly, depending on who the hell wrote the exam. That's no way of carrying on. That's no way of informing a public. That's no way of informing a public. So it's confusion intentionally. That's the way I look at it. Wow, I don't doubt it. What good is it information, John, if you can't transfer it to somebody else to absorb it? I mean, it's it really... Well, they, they transfer the information. It's just that so often it's, it's, a, it's, it's 180 opposite, you know, information. It's, it's you know, oh, how about... The FDA and the stupid, bullshit, illegitimate food period, uh, food pyramid. The food pyramid came out. I want to say it replaced the the essential food groups. Mm, I was a young surgery resident, and a friend of mine that was a nutritionist and I, we were going to write a cookbook. Figuring, well, a, a doctor and a nutritionist, we come up with a cookbook. It would be great, and it was going to be based on the food pyramid that just came out. And it talked about like having so many portions of grains and this and carbohydrates and that. Now it's proven that none of that shit's good for you. None of it is good for you. Mm. Right. Unbelievable, John. No wonder people are so confused. Yeah, I don't know how we would um, define this episode. We did kind of, we played hopscotch with yeah. several different topics. Yeah. But... Um, Alchemization, pal? Well, let's go back to... What was the original premise? Aging. Yeah, ex accepting your aging and aging gracefully. Mm. And accepting who you are. Exactly. Okay, so the last line in my book, My Life with God, and by the way, somebody tried to call me out on social media. Of, you know, everybody that loves to skewer me, or at least they think they're skewering me, they do it 
if they're complete strangers, they just go right for the stab, right? It's, it's, a, it's a frontal assault. But if they're people that have known me for decades and decades and decades since we were kids, they veil their attack with trying to be nice. How do I know that? Because they viciously attack others and I see them on different threads and it's the same issue. And they kind of they kind of tiptoe through the tulips with me and then try to shove a turkey skewer up my ass without me knowing it. Yeah. So, um, aging. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Jeez, I just lost that <laughs> that association and that thread. But the the aging part of it, yeah. The Except the it. last the last line in my book was my father's quote to me, in the last year of his life. Every time I was with him, which was almost all the time, he would raise his finger to me lovingly, you know, but like in a in a mentor in a mentor's way, and he'd say. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Meaning, don't let anybody dissuade you from your truth. You're a child of the Creator. And um, accept, accept what you are in this, the world that we live in. Now, you don't, you know, I'm not saying if you're born with a birth defect, you shouldn't have, you know, some kind of corrective surgery. That's not at all what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about accepting yourself and loving yourself and forgiving yourself for being imperfect. And if you can accept yourself and love yourself and forgive yourself for not being the world's most intelligent, best-looking Adonis-type NFL football player that everybody's... Uh, clamoring over just accept that how many people are like that very few very 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 few so uh, you know I, the to alchemize these different various topics i would just say be true to who you are um there's lines from a famous song back in the 60s what's it all about alfie written by hal david and, and bert Backrack made tremendously famous by Dionne Warwick, a Jersey girl. And some of the lines are, when you walk, let your heart lead the way, and you'll find love any day. And, and that's how I want to end this episode, uh, is to call people to lead with your heart. Bring your heart to your game. Use your hearts in whatever you do. You know, whether it's issues of your body, your choice, or whether it's people at work that treat you poorly, um, let your heart lead the way. And that's it. And amen. Beautiful. Well said, John, as usual. Thank you for this episode, John. If you like what we're well, thank doing, you. if you like what we're doing, people, press like and please subscribe. He said, please. Come on. You can't say no to the good doctor well, who says, says, please. Please stand up. Please stand up. Right? Eminem. I think so. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Till next time on the Jersey Alchemist. Peace.